this time. It's different on every eclipse. But suddenly you see the light can't get through. There's something in the way. The moon is in the way. This big black thing is in the way. And I just felt a prompt from God and saying that is the way that my people get robbed. That my sun is shining, but there's this black thing in the way. There are things that stop the light coming through. And it's only when the object gets moved to the side that you see that wonderful effect from an eclipse. And it was huge this time. It's called the diamond ring. This diamond comes from it, the diamond of light, just like a diamond ring. So there's the blockage. Those things get in the way of the gospel light. And it needs moving. But how do you move it? We have seen the miracle of healing in this chapel of Paul. Prayer has been answered. But the enemy will not like that and will not want that to continue. So he will come in to try and keep the black piece in the way. And our job as Christians here is to pray. And of course there's various types of prayer. But the prayer I want to particularly talk about today is the prayer of warfare. Warfare prayers. And who's to do it? You are. Individually, you are. And you may think, well, I'm not very good at that. You see, we have been growing the prayer ministry here, and I think we've seen some fruit of it. But there is a difference between prayer in a sort of formal gathering and in informal, where, as we have here. It's part now where prayer is integrated throughout. And what that is about is an ongoing conversation. We're talking with the Lord. Yes, we're together corporately, but also personally, through the music, through the worship. And individually, we reach out to him. Yes, he's holding us in his hand, and he's pouring that blessing on us. But sometimes we just have to stop. And sometimes you have to ask, okay, Lord, what do you want me to say now? Our worship together is at its best when we have the ultimate teacher, the Holy Spirit, who is the one in charge, if we allow him to be, with a pastor or a leader facilitating the conversation, allowing things to flow. And they, but everything then is said, said and done, flowing out of that attitude of prayer. Jesus came that we may have life. And if he's included in our worship, his life will be shown through all of us gathered here. And that will spread throughout this village, the area, and the world. Revelation 12, verse 7 and 8 says this, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And we know from scripture that, and we know from our personal experience, that the 
enemy, the devil, has a power in this earth to wreck, destroy, upset, delay, all sorts of things. I'm indebted to a Dr. Ogluka for, he said these words, they're not my words, but I just couldn't beat them. There is a raging battle going on day and night between two opposing forces. You may not believe it, but whether you believe it or not, you are involved in that battle anyway. The battle is going on between negative and positive powers, evil and good. The real thing and the counterfeit, light and darkness, right and wrong. Even if you are a perfect gentleman or gentlewoman and you do not like to talk about wars and bloodshed or violence, you have no option when it comes to spiritual wars because you are already involved. Some people get involved from an early stage and are still fighting. Some started as soon as they were born. It's a serious battle where no one can be neutral. We've been born into it, but we have no choice but to fight it out. We cannot, we cannot run away from it. Prayer is not preparation for the battle. It is the battle. That's why the enemy will first take away the prayer life of any Christian he wants to finish up. Once that prayer life is finished, all other things are easy. If you notice that your prayer life is going down, know that the Holy Spirit is blowing an alarm indicating that there is a renewed battle against you. A renewed battle against you that is likely to increase in the light of what is, the Lord is doing by his gospel being preached and him showing the truth of it by wonder-working miracles. Paul is the first, and I stand here, and I think it's the first of many. You must stand up and start fighting. Let it be clear to you that the flesh often doesn't want to pray. The flesh is not interested in it. So you have to use a bit of that willpower. Now, there are different kinds of prayer, and many of you will be called to these areas already. Prayer of faith. Prayer of thanksgiving. We often hear thanksgiving prayers. Prayers of praise. Prayers of petition. That petition. Prayers of commitment we've had. Prayers of consecration and prayer of agreement. Somebody prays something and they say, yes, I, I stand alongside that. I pray in agreement. Now, all of those are good and those must continue and those giftings where you have a particular empathy with that, that's fine. But there is also warfare prayer. And that's why the Bible says this in Ephesians 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, the powers, and the rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, why would you bother to put on whole armour if there was no enemy? The Bible says the whole world lays in the hands of the evil one. He's the prince of the power of the air. Now, Satan's success depends on two things, darkness and ignorance. When you turn on the light to expose him, you scuttle his operations. You cut away the ground that he's standing on. 
Now this spiritual warfare subject is not a popular subject and some people are afraid of preaching it and some people are afraid of praying it. But we need these warfare prayers to successfully fight the battle that's facing us. It's only warfare prayers that can arrest the spiritual jailers that hold people captive. You've got to move that black blob, the moon has to move for the diamond to shine through. And that is only moved by prayer. Ideally, our prayers together, the corporate prayer that Jenny has talked on and been prompted by the Holy Spirit to start a series on. We've got another prayer meeting coming up uh, in due course to follow a service. But you see the importance of it. He wants you to be in ignorance. As long as you're in ignorance of warfare prayer, then he's not going to be affected by it. As long as you have the darkness in the way of the light, then he succeeds. A lot of educated people use their brain and don't understand this, and that, that makes it very easy to mess up. Many pastors do not understand that, and the devil messes them up too. So you say to me, well, what is warfare prayer? Warfare prayer is the kind of prayer that brings the victory of Jesus over evil, over the host of evil, over his works and plans. The Bible calls believers Christian soldiers. You see, Christian soldiers, that's where the armour comes in. Who else wears armour except soldiers? You don't join the armed forces and then promise that you won't shoot anybody and nobody will shoot you. If you're in the armed forces, you will get shot at. The spirit world is the same. There is this battle going on, but we need to hold up by warfare prayer the victory of Jesus. It's already happened at the cross, but we're in the now and the not yet. And that victory is summed up in these Bible words. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Now, deep, deep teaching here, all authority, I believe very strongly, means all authority. And he gives it to you to pray these prayers. And when you hold up against evil, that's praying warfare prayer. That's prayer to stop the enemy's plans in people's a place, a person's life, or a thing. Just as Moses' hands were held up in victory, as long as they were up, the battle was won. So it is with warfare prayer. You've got prayers going up. I use my hands just to indicate this side, that side. That prayer warrior holds up the victory of Jesus over the enemy until the victory is won in those particular circumstances. And it says in Scripture he then flees for a season. Fortunately, we don't know how long the season is. Sometimes it's short, sometimes it's long. But he will tend to come back and attack on ground he's been successful in before. Now, stick with me, because I know some of this is difficult, and there's quite a lot of bits that, to it, but just, just try and grab hold of the, the diamonds for you. When you pray... What are you praying about during warfare prayer? Well, you can very often start with a declaration of your faith, that you, you are who you are through Jesus. Very obviously, you are resisting the devil and his works. That's the second thing, your declaration of faith, and you're resisting. You're saying, no, no further. You're not going to do this. 
I have all authority in the name of Jesus and I forbid you to do it. I command you to do it. Sometimes a different form of prayer, a lot of prayers we do to the Lord and they sort of please and thank you prayers. But when dealing with the enemy, it's a command prayer. You are taking command because you have all authority. Obviously you want to be in a place where you have a clean uh, slate. Uh, So confession is important and forgiveness is important and so on. Often you will need to be released from something. So I refuse evil to dominate me in this area. I refuse to be in this bondage. I refuse to do that. That is the release area. Sometimes it's down the family line that you know that you're affected by something. There's a bondage there. It's like you've inherited it. You might have inherited your mum and dad's house, but maybe you've inherited something spiritually that's not helpful. The warfare prayer is the prayer that will set you free of that. There may be curses that have come against you, spells, things, you've been into the occult or something. Something's affected you. You've got charms, lucky charms, jinxes, stuff you've brought from abroad that is a sort of not a blessing in the object. Those need to be thrown out of your house and cleared to break it. If you've been into any occult area, you need to renounce it. That's warfare prey. Destruction of evil communication. You can pray like this. I don't want anything evil to communicate with me. And you break down that communication system. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I hear it in my dreams. I don't want to dream it. I don't want to hear it. You're taking authority all the time. And you then use the command prayer to release all he has stolen from you. He's there as a thief to steal it. And you say, yes, not only will I refuse to accept that fact you've stolen it, but for everything you've stolen, I want it back now sevenfold in the name of Jesus. Now that's bold prayer, isn't it? It's not the please and thank you prayer. And therefore in that process we're claiming back lost ground. We may have lost something through lack of warfare praying. And then the best bit, and you all love this, this is the one that you'll find fine, having gone through all of that area, and maybe you won't do all of those, and maybe you won't do them in that order, is praising, praising the God always. Praise the Lord from your heart. So important. So that's a very brief run-through, what, what to pray about. Declaration of faith, resisting, confession, forgiveness, release, breaking things, getting rid of things, renunciation, break the evil communications, refuse it, take authority, use your authority, claim back the lost ground, praise God to recap. And you think, well, that's very good. Do we need more? Well, we do need more. Because we need that gospel, the center of the gospel in every ministry of our church. The children's work, the youth, the adult, the preaching, the teaching, the worship ministries that we've been blessed with this morning. We need it in every aspect, whether it's the maintenance area of the church, if it's to do with um, anything basically, the administration. Everything needs to be that gospel centrality. No gospel, then no centre, no heart, no love, no sanctity, no God-honouring witness to the community. We need to bring this chapel back to that life-giving lyric 
and that music of the gospel. You see, a hypothetical, vague gospel only works for hypothetical sinners. And we know that sin is out there and is real. And there's much that needs to be broken and we need more of his grace in order to deal with that tide of evil. We read it in the paper, it's on the television, we're swamped with it. So often it's like walking into a smoky room and then you walk out and you don't smoke but you're covered in the smell of smoke. And it's like that with sin and the things of the world. And then I come to perhaps the most powerful warfare prayer area. And the most powerful warfare prayer area, apart from putting on the whole armour of God in Ephesians, which is putting on Jesus, that's probably the most powerful area of prayer, is to pray, to plead the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus in order to get God's full protection on something. And you have to do three things there. You need to plead the blood on the person, the situation that you're up against, or the object, the thing that you want protected. You need to plead the blood against whatever could come against that person, that situation, or that object of possession, whatever it is. Maybe the house, maybe the chapel, maybe you'll know what it is that you've got the problem. And I don't need to give you a list of the problems that we get into, as many of you have been through many problems. So you're pleading the blood of Jesus. The shed blood of Jesus is not dry at the bottom of the cross. It is flowing, living and active. It is the blood of Jesus. It's by his stripes we're healed. You don't have stripes without blood. It's an uncomfortable image, but it's the truth. So you need to plead or pray the blood. Then seal that prayer with the statement of faith and belief to God the Father, telling him that you're now going to have full faith and belief that he will protect you from all the things that you've just pled the blood over. It's no use just using the words. You've got to stand in faith alongside the words. Now I'll read a prayer that kindly again, uh, that dear man uh, I mentioned earlier, gave and I thought it was it's good it's a longer one and then I'll give you a short one because otherwise you have too many words on a difficult subject but the longer prayer is to plead the blood on your body soul and spirit so it goes something like this heavenly father in the name and under the authority of Jesus Christ I believe the I plead the blood of Jesus over my physical body over my soul and over my spirit. I plead the blood of Jesus against any demons who may try and come against me. I plead the blood of Jesus against any bad or evil people who may try and come against me. I plead the blood of Jesus against any natural accidents or catastrophes that may come against me. I plead the blood of Jesus against any disease, viruses or illnesses that could possibly come against me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I now have full faith and belief in the blood that the blood of Jesus will fully protect me against all the things that I have just pleaded his blood of. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 
powerful prayer. You can go back to the website and listen to this again because appreciate there's quite a lot of words there. But what is good is there is a short version which goes like this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus on, and then you name whatever it is. I now plead the blood of Jesus against, so let's recap. I plead the blood of Jesus on, I plead the blood of Jesus against. Father, in the name of Jesus, I have full faith and belief that the blood of Jesus will protect me against any of the things I have just pleaded his blood on. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now remember that God's blood composes of two elements. There is the blood of his mother Mary. But the Father, the conceiving power, was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. And therefore, when the Holy Spirit rested on Mary and she conceived, as God is the Father, of Jesus. Jesus called him Father, didn't he? So he is the Son of God. So his blood has Mary's blood, but it has God's blood in his body that was shed on the cross. It's God's blood that is the power. It's not the blood that I get when I cut myself shaving or something. That has no power. It has the power to carry oxygen around me as long as I have eight pints of it. But with Jesus, just that touch, pleading the name of Jesus and the power of his blood makes the difference. It moves the black orb, the moon, sideways so the diamond shines through. Do you need diamond solutions in your life? Most people do. Do people out there need the diamond of salvation and saving? Many do. When we started ministry some eight years ago, I have probably one regret as we come into the twilight of our ministry. That some of you still, for when you came in eight years ago, you had besetting problems. Some of you didn't know Jesus personally. And if I leave this church with Jenny, at that time the God appoints, and you are in the same place that you were some eight years ago, I will lead with that part of me with a sad heart. And I don't ask you to do it for me. I ask you to do it for you. And I hope that something I've preached today will enable you to move that block in your life away so that you may receive the diamond, the diamond of salvation, not only in this life, but into eternal life. But you will be free of those things that have imprisoned you all these years. Let's just pray. Father, thank you that you just give us the means to overcome the enemy, that by your Holy Spirit we can pray those prayers as your people in the security of resting on your hand that you give us the sword that is your word from the Bible to apply, as Jesus did when faced by temptation. Make us aware, Lord. Raise our faith. Raise our awareness 
of what you want us to do so that your light may shine in people's lives and your church will grow and the gospel, the good news, will be proclaimed and evidenced by words and wonders. Lord, we thank you for that prophetic picture that we stand on God's hand, every one of us here, and from above like an ark descending, pouring over us, blessing, water, anointing, the presence of God. Father, give us ability to pray this back to you and empower this, Lord, and we want to thank you and praise you for who you are, Father. Holy Father. Amen.